welcome to the Science Allies podcast, a product of the Alliance for Science conversation with our global ecosystem of scientists, communicators, decision makers and activists, all working to build resilience and better futures for communities around the world. Hello everybody, welcome to Science Allies and this episode is recorded in Lusaka, Zambia. We are actually in the offices of the Hezida Group um, and I'm here with Riaz Muller who is the Director of Food Secure Africa. And we're very happy to be here because we've been hosted this entire week by Food Secure Africa and their partners who've helped us to have a number of meetings. Um, we're here to try to create an ecosystem for science advocacy. And we're very encouraged because we hear that this new government is open to evidence-based policy making and is very friendly to science um, and, and, and emerging technologies, especially in, 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 in enhancing productivity in agriculture. So I'm here with Riaz and um, I just want to say welcome. Thank you, Sheila. Thanks for, for having me on the podcast. And uh, it's been a real pleasure having you here with us for the last week or so. Great. So let me start with introductions. Tell us a little bit about yourself, um, how you came to start this organization, Food Secure Africa. Uh, thanks. Uh, well, my name is Rehaz Muller, <laughs> as, as I was introduced. Um, mainly, to be honest with you, um, my family has been in Zambia since before independence. My grandparents from both my mother's side and father's side moved here from India during colonial times in the early 40s, I believe. And uh, we've been lucky enough to be doing business in Zambia uh, for, I guess I'm the third generation now. And we've been very successful and uh, doing different things in the transport industry, retail industry, and uh, you know the automobile trade as well. And uh, we just thought it was time to develop something where we can look at giving back to the community and sort of growing the growing our community and growing the society in general you know and that's kind of where the idea came from that's really to, to create food secure africa that's wonderful so i've been um you prepared a wonderful itinerary for me i, I really have to say thank you to you um the first day we <coughs> went to a village i think it was called mumbwa mm -hmm. and we met with um, a women's cooperative um, because one of your partners is kalomo grain um this cooperative they produce many things but the the biggest uh, item is soya soya soybeans which they turned to soya oil and they're now exporting to Congo I, I was really impressed very very impressed yeah I mean um, as you said Colombo is a new partner for us as you know we've as food secure Africa and as the director it's a new field for me so I'm kind of coming in as uh, I wouldn't say amateur but uh, as somebody who doesn't have the experience of, of how things go just yet so it was important for us to 
develop partnerships with people in the on the ground especially yes. who are doing work already on the ground and to see how we can assist them and how we can help them grow and raise their profile as well mm. and um, the director for Colombo Green uh, Sarah um, is was so very very uh, inspiring I think yes, uh, I think you said yourself as yes. well when you met her yes. and uh, it's been a pleasure to know her and to to find out more about her project and to help see how we can help develop that project as well yes so we were in a number of meetings together but I think the one of the meetings that stood out I think for the entire team was the one with the Minister of Agriculture mm -hmm. who gave a very inspiring big picture clear strategy for Zambia and what was particularly inspiring was how they put smallholder farmers at the heart of this um, innovation strategy and it's not that smallholder farmers haven't been at the heart of everything. He, he, he was clear that they always have been. But the problem has been the, the level of productivity has been historically low and is even lower now because of um, challenges with inputs like fertilizer because of the on ongoing Ukrainian war. But um, what was interesting was he was talking about smallholder farmers being paired in a kind of um, farm blocks, he, he's, he called it, so that smallholder farmers would be around commercial farmers so that they could develop an ecosystem where they would be sharing expertise, inputs, and would become much more connected so that their level of productivity would begin to rise because ho hopefully there would be a, a lovely cooperative um, shared learning just by being in this, in, in this uh, ecosystem. I, I thought that was really great. Um, is there anything that stood out for you in that conversation? Yeah, I mean, what was great uh, to start with was the openness and the um, how, how welcoming they were to us. Yes. Uh, and how open they were with the information and, yeah. and the information transfer. Um, and like you said, the clarity of thought and the clarity of plan um, was, was very inspiring. Um, and yeah, I mean, the information they gave us just to see how much potential Zambia has in terms yeah. of agriculture and how much is actually being used. I think it was only 16% yeah. I think they mentioned of, of, uh, the, of land. The, the land is yeah. actually being used in, in the right way. Uh, means that there's so much potential to grow yes. and so much potential for people to, to raise that profile and, and, uh, yeah. and, and grow the economy in that, in that segment. So that, that kind of looks, you kind of see the opportunity there. Yeah. You know, and as you said, the idea of using larger commercial ventures to feed into the smaller yeah. uh, stakeholders yeah. and to transfer that information and to educate and hopefully uh, help raise their uh, yields and to yeah. help raise their production. I think that's the most important part because yes. you can talk as much yes. as you like, but to hopefully enact is, is where hopefully we can, we can help. Yes, and then the other really interesting meeting was I think the next day where we met with the scientist mm -hmm. and then we met with the Zambia Agricultural Research Institute and the seed certification. Yeah. And one of the things they said was about how farmers just did were just unwilling to look use new varieties that are already out there, much mm -hmm. less the ones that are being um, now engineered to be higher yielding. So there's a lot of work to be done in in showing farmers that there's solutions already just 
on their doorstep in just changing the, um, the varieties of seeds that they use, but also in being able to understand their soil type, their environment, what kinds of inputs can optimize yield. Um, yeah, that, that for me was a great meeting. Yeah, I mean, what they mentioned was that probably their biggest challenge is getting out there into the field and, and um, getting that information out there to the people who need it. Yeah. Uh, and that people are still using techniques and methods that are decades old that yeah. uh, don't necessarily need to be used anymore yeah. with uh, advances in technology, yeah. um, the new types of seed yeah. available. Yeah. So it's important for us to help them get the information out there and yeah. uh, hopefully change minds, change perceptions from, from people who might be just stuck in their ways and yes. used to the thing that they've always been used to yes, and yes. try to just maybe provide the right voices and the right faces to, to build that trust. and to say, okay, these methods are proven by Zambians and we can trust it and we can say, okay, this is something we can use and try and hopefully that will raise their yields. Yeah. So let me ask you a question because you've lived here in Zambia all your life. Mm -hmm. Have you noticed changing weather patterns? Have you noticed the climate change is... You know, how's it? How's it for you in your experience? Yeah, I mean, you, you we have noticed over the last few years, um, you know, changes in climate patterns. Um, sometimes, you know, rainy seasons have been shorter. Sometimes they've been longer. Yeah. Sometimes winters have been colder. Yeah. Some summers are are uh, a lot hotter and a lot drier than they used to be. Even now, as we speak now, it shouldn't be this hot. I think in Zambia. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So everybody you speak to will tell you that this is un unseasonably hot yeah. uh, at the moment. We, we're supposed to be in that middle ground. Yes. But we're already in plus thirty degree temperature, which wow. is mainly for end of September, October in general. Yeah. So so you do see that and. Um, you know, we used to have issues on power, electricity yeah. before, because we used to rely on a lot on the dam yeah. um, and water levels. Yeah. Um, thankfully, that has been eased a lot because of certain developments in the in the industry. But uh, you do notice those changes. Yeah. And of course, with those changes, it's not just that you have droughts and floods, you also have an increase in pests and diseases. Mm. So the, the, the fallout of climate change is, is so much broader. And then mm. you're also having patterns of people, I think Sarah said this, there are whole groups of people that are moving to live in different areas. Yeah. And that causes tensions, not to talk of just the whole issues around displacement. Mm -hmm. So climate force migration is real in, in, in this country. Mm. But, th but there are a number of solutions on the ground. Uh, I know that the government is doing uh, quite a lot around climate smart agriculture in different projects. Uh, some of them have been showcased in um, the climate talks and other international gatherings. Um, but I think uh, what I wanted to ask you, actually, I'm going to spring, spring a surprise ask on you, <laughs> which you're not prepared for. So we at Alliance for Science have an innovation which has been very successful in North America, across America. We have a food cart 
It's called the modified cart. And what it does is it um, takes, it goes to malls and it goes to certain gather, certain meeting places. And, and we take the modified papaya, modified pineapple, apples, and we just ask people to taste it. Because there is this inherent fear about uh, GMOs and anti-GMOs and foods as if, as if something terrible is going to happen if you eat it. But the minute people taste it and begin to talk about the food, things shift quite rapidly. So we found it to be very successful in just meeting people where they are. Because a lot of people's fears um, when they talk about uh, agri-tech, um, GMOs, is not about the technology itself. It's a bigger fear. It's a fear of sometimes distrusting government, sometimes distrusting industry. It's something else. But when they see a human face of somebody saying, this is just a pineapple, mm. just taste it, it really shifts um, their thinking. So we want this. We want to bring this project to Africa. It's, it's, it's a conversation we've been having for a long time. We would like, my dream would be to have some kind of vehicle that would um, be kitted out with the modified brand and would make its way from Cape Town to Cairo, just going in different places and just um, sh uh, inviting people to taste foods that have been modified and then having a conversation about uh, GMOs, uh, gene editing and just anything around food. So that's, that's something we would like to uh, develop a concept around and I might be coming to you since your family is big with transportation. This yeah. may be a great place to start something like that. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. It's definitely a very exciting idea. Um, you know, uh, in Zambia, maybe years gone past just talking about gmo would have been <laughs> a yeah. scary thought yes. it was so politically uh, yeah. motivated or there was there people was had drawn such strong lines yes. for anti-gmo yes. and uh, and and they had this perception of gmo being yeah. so bad for you yeah. or, and 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 so many things like that but as we've seen in the week that we've had, yeah. uh, that perception is changing. Yeah. And especially in the science community, yes. uh, it seems that information is slowly sort of trickling into, into the layman and, and the community uh, as a whole. And people are being more receptive to, to GMO products and uh, gene edited seeds and stuff like that. So it's definitely a very exciting concept and definitely something we want to work with. Great. close thank you very much for your time but I want to ask just one question because mm -hmm. you are what I would call an agripreneur mm -hmm. but you're also somebody who I can see has a heart to be a philanthropist mm -hmm. and one of the great philanthropists who is driving a lot of change is Bill what are Bill and Melinda Gates um, so if you were tomorrow to wake up and find in your bank account something like 20 billion dollars okay. what would you do Oof, that's uh, there's a lot of things going through <laughs> okay after your initial thoughts <laughs> having look in terms of philanthropy and um, trying to effect change uh, the first thing that comes to mind is probably looking at the systems in place uh, at the moment. 
you know something growing up in Zambia and noticing um, all the work that sort of seems to happen around us uh, is that it's just that it seems to happen around us but yes. not really happening with us or, or or anything like that so it's important for me I think would would be to start looking at new systems to or new ways to operate yeah because it seems like in the past billions and billions of dollars have been spent yeah. but have they really gone to effective use and effective yeah. change um, so the first thing would probably be to look at how can we sort of effect or enact a completely different system yeah. and say this is what we can do better this is how we can use the resources better and how we can engage with the local communities better as well yeah. because it seems a lot of the times that decisions are being made for communities without really yeah. involving them yeah. So I think that's the main thing I would look at. That's wonderful. That's a wonderful answer. <laughs> thank, yes, you. Mother, thank you so much. No, thank you, Dr. Sheila. Once again, it was, was a pleasure having you here in Zambia. And we hope this isn't your last visit. <laughs> and we hope you'll see, we'll, we'll see you a lot more and maybe more members of the Yes. Thank you so much. You've been listening to the Science Allies podcast. If you enjoyed this or if it sparked any questions, get in touch. You can reach us on any of our social media platforms. And please think about joining one of our communities. Follow the link in our show notes and you can subscribe to our newsletter and other products. Don't forget to like and share these products too. See you next time.